Hey, good morning and welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers here, Inc. here in Bellevue, Seattle, Washington. This morning, I'm happy to have uh, a guest with us today and they're going to kind of give you more information on different aspects of real estate and real estate opportunities. They're also going to share with us a little bit more of their background and where they came from and how they got involved in uh, real estate, real estate investing and setting up portfolios. Uh, with that said, I would like to welcome Brock uh, Magenson, and he is uh, able to scale his real estate portfolios so that he can uh, build uh, you know, his empire, so to speak. So with that said, Brock, why don't you share with us a little bit more about you? And I'll, every now and then I'll ask you a question or two just to kind of help get clarification. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ray. Um, so yeah, I've been in been in real estate for about three four years now, um, and ultimately, so I'm in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, and ultimately started with a with a duplex. Um, I did the live in live in one side, rent out the other, house hack thing, and that's really how I got started. And it just it kind of opened up my mind to how awesome real estate is. The, you know, the concept of cash flow, appreciation, tax advantages, everything about it. Loved it. And from there, I figured I'd, I need to find a way to, uh, to scale up. So Okay, well, on that, just for a moment, just clarification for the listeners. So we, we're all running around trying to buy single-family homes, single-family condos. But what he mentioned there is something food for thought, is going out and buying a duplex, maybe living in one of the units and renting the other one out. And that's one way to leverage your money to have a tenant help you uh, make the mortgage payments and build equity in the property and that might be a good vehicle and that's still considered single family since it's under four units so banks will loan money favorably on that so and you can even maybe even borrow money out of your existing home since home values have gone up and taking some of that money and go buy yourself a duplex or a triplex and maybe you don't live in one of them maybe you rent both of them out but that would be part of how you leverage uh, your money and that's I think most people don't really understand how it works but consider this listeners if you would if you put 100% down on a piece of property and it goes up 10% a year, what's the return on investment on that? What's 10% a year? If you put 50% down and the asset goes up 10%, now what's your return on investment? It's a lot greater than 10% because you're leveraging your money. And then you've got the debt structure and someone helping making the payment. So anyway, so that's how you got started is you bought yourself a duplex, saw that window of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think... The, the the ability to take advantage of an FHA loan, right? So four units and under, you can you can qualify for that, and three and a half percent down, um, especially someone kind of just getting started, living in one side, renting out the other. That that whole model of, of a duplex, I mean, I think is a, a great way for people to get started with relatively low amount of capital to, to get your foot in, and it really shows you, you know, how, how real estate works. You get the experience of managing a tenant and, and kind of. You know, maybe, maybe you do some rehab work on it, you know, get the process of closing a loan. So it's really just learned a ton on that. And that's really kind of the basis of my knowledge. I, I went from there and spent some time kind of researching different avenues. Like you were saying, I mean, there's so many different ways you can go in real estate. You know, you could, you could decide to buy single family homes. Maybe you want to buy apartments. You know, maybe you decide to do commercial partnerships. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go. And for me, after spending a year or so trying to try to do different things, it really I landed on this concept of, you know, trying to target larger deals through through partnerships, um, and syndication would be the term for it. But 
that's really where I landed, and I just kind of went from there, partnered with the right people, um, and has have kind of scaled up from there into some other sorts of deals, um, all, all through partnerships, and that's kind of my models now. Is I all, all the deals I do are through um, through private equity partnerships. So you're doing more like tenants in common uh, partnerships. Or are you doing a fractional ownership, or yeah, more more fractional ownership style. It's, so it's a, a GPLP structure where we have general partners and limited partners. Um, so it's it's mostly bringing in private equity money um, on, on the limited partner side, and then we have our general partnership, um, which is which is the company Smart Asset Capital um, that we have, and so those are primarily we, we do some sort of JV structures as well. Um, we're we're kind of more creative when it comes to structuring deals, but. It's uh, primarily that, that GPLP structure. Okay, so a JV uh, for the audience is a joint venture where you actually get the money behind you, you buy the asset, maybe you have a general that oversees the asset or improves the asset, or you, know, you can uh, certainly buy it or an LLC, certainly put it within the trust of somebody's trust, but a co- uh, tenants in common is more, you have 10, 15, 20 people that own a percentage of an office building or a medical building or maybe a house or fourplex or 20-plex, 20-unit apartment building. And so there's definite tax advantages one way or the other that someone should probably seek uh, uh, accounting uh, expertise on as opposed to me or possibly you. So what is it, what would be the, I mean, what's the real strong message here today? And how is it that the message that you're going to give us today What's the benefit or what's the reach that you're trying to find and get connected with to help you? Yeah, I mean, I think just for, for me, it's just a lot of, it's just been a lot of networking. Um, and that, that's kind of where I've, how, how I've scaled up mostly is just through networking. Um, that, that's always kind of my goal with, with everything is just getting on calls with people and putting out content and, and reaching out to different people and connecting. And that's, I think that's really the, the biggest thing in real estate is just, you know, creating an audience and, and connecting with all of them. Sure, absolutely. So you've been on several different podcasts, all real estate related, or you uh, different types of, uh, of podcasts that you, you've seen that work to your benefit to help you grow this network that you're trying to build? Yeah, it's been, I'd say, thinking about it, it's been pretty much all real estate podcasts. Um, there might have been a few more general business podcasts that have been on as well. But yeah, it's it's so it's for for me. My approach usually is I'm not I don't like you know I'm not gonna go on and try to sell people things and, and then that sort of thing. It's more so just connecting with people and kind of letting them know what I'm doing. And hopefully that that provides some value and they learn about it and maybe you know they just they decide you know we could work together in some way or you know whatever it pans out to be. But for me, it's just really that's kind of you know the larger the reach you have in, in, in any capacity is um, is gonna help your business ultimately. No, I agree. I mean, I was chatting with someone the other day. My question to them was is if they'd read the book, The Compound Effect. And uh, it's a very powerful book because it, I don't know, have you read the book? I've heard of it. I think it's on my list. I haven't read it yet, though. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, it's one of those books. It's a, it's a fairly easy read, but it basically just talks about that all things start with just a small, small step. And in this particular case, one of the examples they gave is if you started with a penny today, and whatever the 30, either 30 days, 30 weeks, 30 months, or 30 years, if, well, you know, let's say you put a penny down today, and then next month, you have two cents, and the next month, four cents, and the next month, eight cents, and you kept doing that, you know, once a month, once a year, whatever, at the end of that 30 time frame cycle, you would have over $10 million in the bank if you could feed it. 
but it all starts with a penny. Like you, you've built your your, your foundation of your uh, real estate holdings. You started with basically a penny buying a duplex and leveraging that payment with somebody else where they helped you leverage up. So what did you leverage up to after the duplex? And did you sell the duplex and then leverage up or did you keep it and leverage up? I kept the duplex. I still own the duplex. Um, and from there, the next deal was um, an 89-unit apartment building. Um, and that was done through through partnership, right? I wasn't didn't have the capital to, to buy it on my own. Um, so you know, we, we brought in investors and created that the GPLP structure I was talking about. But yeah, that was the next deal. So obviously, it was a big, big step. Um, even, even through a partnership, I mean, we were, we're running the deal, so there's a lot more that went into it. So there's you know some time I probably spent six months to a year, probably about a year in between that duplex and the next deal, just learning everything I could about how to analyze a deal. I mean, I, I spent. I'd sit down for 10 hours, just practice analyzing apartment buildings. Um, and that's kind of my main main value today is, is knowing how to properly and conservatively underwrite a, you know, a deal, which, which is a huge, huge benefit you'll have to have. And when you, when you start doing these larger deals and, and any sort of deal actually is being able to analyze them properly and make sure you're paying the right price for them and you're not overpaying. Um, but that's really how I kind of broke into the partnership I had was providing that value. Um, and that's what allowed me to do, you know, go from a duplex to an 89 unit deal. Right. No, I understand. And I think like what I've always shared with people is if they bought a fourplex, a 10plex, 20 unit apartment complex, if they bought it today and the rents were $500 per unit and 10 years from now, they were still getting $500 per unit, how much would the building be worth? Of course, they think it goes up exponentially because of, because of time, but they don't fully understand the concept that no, on a multifamily, it's based upon income stream and then capital improvements and regular normal operating expenses. And you have to look at your cap rate, your gross rent multiplier. Whereas on a single family home, you're going to have a half a million dollar home and rent it for $1,000 a month and nobody cares about the income stream. They're going to look what the asset is. So people don't understand how important it is to, to, to understand those numbers uh, and I get a chuckle because when I look at multifamily for clients from time to time in our market here, and generally speaking, in the United States, I mean, inventory is so low on all across the board, regardless of the real estate type. And people are wanting 20, 22, 24% gross rent multipliers. And it just doesn't pencil, even after you figure out the new loan and you, the, the, you, yeah, you figure in all the capital improvements and maintenance, but then when you factor in the debt service, it's like, oh my gosh, uh, you're paying too much. So how, how do you work around? Uh, obviously, if a property's been on the market for a while, it's a different dynamic than if it just came on the market and it's on for one or two weeks. You recognize, oh, it's a great location. It looks like most of the capital improvements are done. Oh my gosh, they, they want... 18% gross rent multiplier. They want, you know, a cap rate that's, you know, what, 4%, 3% when it needs to be more like 65 to 8% to, to make it really look good for, for someone to buy it. How do you deal with that in this marketplace? Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's crazy trying to find deals. I mean, really, I'd say about the ratio right now for me is looking at 100 deals, probably offering on 20 of them, and buying one of them so it's really that's you know you have to look at a lot of deals ultimately is what it comes down to a lot of outreach and connecting with you know agents brokers direct to direct to owner just doing everything you can to find to find the next deal um for us specifically right now i mean we're, we're looking at other asset classes as well 
industrial for me right now is, is probably my favorite. Um, self-storage is another one. We just bought a self-storage facility and that's, that, that's going well. So, I mean, I think also people have to be able to, to pivot and whether that be to, you know, maybe you're still focusing on single family homes or, you know, plexes, but maybe it's just, you know, a certain sort of different strategy. Maybe you're going to leverage capital in a different way, or you're going to target different, you know, locations within a city. Uh, maybe you're going to kind of get a little bit more involved with the property and cut out some of the fees to make the numbers work. I think in this environment, you can't just you can't just go in with a you know middle of the fairway approach and think the numbers are going to work. You kind of have to roll up your sleeve a little bit more and find a way to to to, to make the returns um, the returns work. That's ultimately what it is. Sure. And, you know, you can pivot in different directions, but you just kind of got to be a little bit more creative. I think in this environment. Well, and I would agree with that. And that analogy you just used, I mean, the, the, the majority of us very seldom are in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> so we're always scrambling, right? You're going left, you're going right. You're pivoting all the time. It's like I was telling my grandson, he's like, and he's eight, and he's like, well, Papa, how, how can you always tell me problem solving, problem solving? I said, well, life is all about problem solving. I don't get it. And I said, well, when you're up at the plate and the pitcher's throwing the ball at you, it's inside, outside, high or low, your brain's problem solving. Do I swing at it? How do I swing at it? Where do I want to hit it? That's problem solving. That's just like all this is. And and it's gotten to be a little bit more complex because, like you said, you are touching a lot of people to try to find a deal or two. So what markets are like? Are you guys just in the U.S.? Are you just in the, in, the, in your location or are you mostly on the West Coast? Where, where are you looking for your opportunities? Yeah, so currently we're we're uh, in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, um, staying within an hour, about an hour radius of Milwaukee is kind of our, our target zone right now. So we're doing a lot like in the tertiary market surrounding Milwaukee. Um, so we're kind of staying in that radius. We have a, um, through my partnership, we have an in-house property management company. So that, um, that, that's that been big leveraging that. So we're kind of just, for now, our, our goal is to kind of build up in this, in our local area, build a name here, and then ultimately we are going to start looking at some other markets throughout the country, but I, you know, I, I think starting in your own market if you can, right? There's some markets out there that are just unfeasible, but I think starting in our own area here has, has been huge for kind of creating, you know, brand recognition, you could say. Um, and then I think leveraging that to go to other markets will, will help. Um, obviously, you know, starting out-of-state investing is 100% doable. Um, but I think there is something to say for being kind of, you know, boots on the ground and being able to walk over there and meet, you know, face to face to, to get a deal done. Profile a little bit. So you come with a background of being what, uh, uh, an Olympic athlete. Is that correct? No. Okay. Somebody else said, all right. Some <laughs> other podcast. I'll, I'll go with that. I guess. All right. Go with it. All right. So <laughs> what, so where did you find your investors? Your, I mean, for someone listening to this podcast, how would the, where would they try to find these? Would would they go to meetups, investor groups? You know, how would they find? Because you know, part of the hat trick is not only just finding the money, but finding people with the same tolerance level you do. It kind of reminds me right now at this moment. I don't know if you saw the movie The Big Short. Oh yeah. Okay. And all those investors were panicked. We got to get out. We got to get out. And he's like, look, just hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. And it's a good thing they did, right? Yep. And it was an unknown because nobody shorts the real estate market. So it's like a totally unknown thing. So you got to be able to not only find the money, but you got to have people that it isn't their last nickel they're putting into it. So they're breathing hard on the on the investment portfolio day in and day out because it goes up and down like the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you find your, your group? 
Yeah, so I'd say, you know, several different ways. I mean, leveraging existing relationships, um, obviously, you know, the networking thing. The biggest thing, I think, for us was we started a a networking event here in our own market. Uh, We've been doing it for a few years now and have scaled it up to to kind of attract quite a bit of people now. We've we've leveraged a lot of capital through there. Um, So that's been huge. I mean, just going out and networking at other events as well, I mean, you know, I think it's just really just getting out there and meeting people is, is the biggest thing. Right. If, you know, if you're in a market and you want to you wanna put in some time, start your own meetup, and that's pretty much an instant way to, to you know, to leverage your reputation um, and, and kind of show yourself as the person running the event. That, that it's, it's definitely a huge benefit to do that. If not, just go out and start, you know, pretty much every market out there has real estate networking events. Um, and, and now with the Zoom thing, I mean, you can kind of clock into any event throughout the country and, and meet people that way as well. So. There's really no excuse not to get out there and just start and start meeting people in your area and and uh, building relationships and maybe create a partnership to do a deal together or you know bring them into your deal, um, you know what whatever it may be. But I think it's just making sure you're in that right circle of other people that are trying to trying to do the same thing you're doing. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think the average person I may be speaking at a at a place here speaking to the average person is we we all tend to be very tunnel vision and. And when we don't, when we take the, the, the visors off, we can see where the opportunities are, where, where we can go to find opportunities, like the meetups, uh, the Zoom meetings you can plug yourself into. You know, for the listeners, I mean, you could start with whatever money you have. And, you know, if you got $10,000, you got $20,000, you can risk, you know, it, whether it be in the stock market or you want to get uh, an investment group. I know that once you start going forward and probing a little bit, uh, opportunities will start showing up. So like me, for example, for me, that my listeners probably aren't aware of, is that I've created a business software uh, solution uh, application uh, that for the real estate industry, the wine industry, and the medical profession. So after we set up this whole minimal viable product, then it's like, okay, now what do I do with it, right? The next thing I know is going to some meetups and talking to certain people. One person took me to another place, took me to another place. And one of the things, the biggest story I've, I've shared with other people, and I, I share this story only so people can maybe think in their mind, well, yeah, there is an opportunity, there is an avenue which I could go to find to start my my portfolio. But I remember a friend of mine said, well, you should go meet somebody at SCORE, and maybe they can help give you better input on how to scale this thing and what to do with this, what to do with that. And SCORE, if you're not familiar with it, it's a voluntary organization within the United States Chamber of Commerce. And it's basically existing business owners or people that have retired that uh, will donate their time to help people in small businesses or want to start something, give them honest input, and nobody, you don't have to pay for their time or services. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go meet somebody. And they set me up with some gentleman that is a little older than I am, dressed as casual as can be. We met and we chatted for a while and, and showed them kind of what I had and got my questions answered of how to do this, how to do that, how to find money here, how to find money there. And, and then I get an email from them later in the day saying, well, you know, thinking about your, your product and your idea and how it works and how it's tied into everything, you know, I think you're sitting on a huge hit. Uh, what I would like you to do is do this and this and this. And I thought, okay, that's fine. I've heard it before. So I Googled the guy to find out who he really was and come to find out he was in charge of Microsoft's business product development for all of Europe and the United States. Oh, wow. And this guy's sitting right across from me telling me, you need to run with this thing, you know. But it was, so just by 
putting it in motion, listeners, just by putting it in motion and talking to a friend, talking to a neighbor, maybe going to meet up on real estate investing, you might find what I call your tribe, so to speak, your people, maybe it's you too, Brock, that maybe they hear this and reach out to you to give them better insight of how to maybe start small and build up from there and find people that have the same temperament uh, with their risk tolerance and with their uh, communication piece so they don't have to worry about the portfolio as it goes up and down from month to month, year to year. You're just looking at continued, I mean, there's no, no question with the, even after 2008, 9, and 10, real estate always goes up in value. There's years that it comes down. There'll be a, there'll be a correction to this market too, but it'll continue to work its way up again time over time. So I think that's, but I think real estate overall, with the exception of what happened in 2008, is a pretty solid investment. It's, it's a great way to leverage. So how can my, I mean, how can I and how can my listeners get more plugged into you and maybe trying to do deals with you or put you in front of people that's in our market here on the West Coast. And once again, as you're talking, you're from Wisconsin. I got friends back in Wisconsin, people I sold homes two years ago. So, you know, already my, because I understand the power of the network, my wheels are turning. Think, okay, well, how can I get this guy connected here and connected there? Definitely. No, yeah, I mean, um, so through, through uh, I have a website at www.smartassetscapital.com. Um, and on there, I mean, I have a whole bunch of content on, you know, finding deals, analyzing deals. I have an ebook on how to build a meetup, um, different asset management techniques, so much different educational stuff I, I post to there. Um, through there, you can kind of get on the get on the email list, and that'll kind of get get you in touch with what we're uh, what we're working on. And I have kind of a monthly newsletter and stuff like that. Also, through that website, you can um, you can shoot me a contact button. My email is Brock at SmartAssetCapital.com. So I'd love to get connected with people and, and just talk and talk real estate. Okay, great. All right. Well, well, well I appreciate your time today, and uh, I encourage each and every one of my listeners to take a moment, do a little research, go to his website, see if there's some powerful information to help you, and maybe Brock can help you. Maybe you guys can form a relationship. And it seems to me, and I just met Brock today for the first time, but it sounds to me like he's done the work. Uh, he's, uh, why not leverage that experience and expertise to benefit you and benefit him as opposed to trying to do it all on your own and making costly mistakes along the way. And that's that's worth a lot, not having to trip over yourself and make mistakes that could have been avoided. You know, it's uh, for the benefit of the listeners I remember years ago, I saw a commercial on TV that HP had, and it asked the question, which is larger, 100% of a stream or 1% of the ocean? So sometimes we get caught up thinking that we have to have 100% of the stream, where the opportunity lies in just having a small piece of the ocean will get you the net return that you really want on your real estate investment. So it's okay to, to share the journey with investors and partners, and, and you know, like you, you're in a what you said, 89-unit apartment building? You couldn't have done it yourself. So you're sharing the opportunity and you're spreading out the risk factor with investors. And, and, and eventually you'll scale up and maybe one day you'll be the lead investor on a big apartment building. So that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly how it's supposed to work. So, uh, so once again, I uh, appreciate your time and I appreciate the listeners listening. And feel free to, to share the podcast with your friends, family, relatives. And of course, if you're looking to buy or sell real estate here in the Bellevue, Seattle, Washington area, I'd love to have the opportunity to meet with you, chat with you, discuss how I can help you, whether it's land, houses, condos, 
multifamily, commercial. I've done it all. I've been in the business 40 plus years. I let my experience and expertise help you on your next real estate transaction. This is Real Estate, keeping it simple. Thanks again for listening.